I certainly appreciate the message from Brother Scott Waters last Sunday on comfort. What a blessing. I wanted to endeavor to try to continue the theme of crazy in that acronym that we've been trying to build from God's Word. God's people are crazy. And if you're not crazy, you need to really search your soul. Because we're not of this world. We're not. We're in it, because, but, but we're not of it. And the world will think you're crazy. But he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And I pray the Lord will bless us as we understand this acronym as it applies to God's Word and the influence of God's Holy Spirit on our lives having to do with how we respond to life on earth. The deal is, is God real or is he not? Okay? I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about making you feel good. I'm talking about praising the Lord Jesus Christ. So we look at crazy. We look at conviction. Uh, we look at responsibility. We look at assurance. And today we want to look at zeal. Zeal. What is zeal? Uh, zeal is the pursuit energetically it's an energetic pursuit of a cause or objective. That's in general what zeal is, okay? The world says nothing is achieved without enthusiasm. We can steal that from the world and be okay in a measure, okay? Then, but the spiritual zeal, and this is what matters, is defined as this. It's the, it's the assertion of, a, of, of a spiritual affections that are fueled or started, initiated, and maintained by the Holy Spirit. Did you get that with me? When I'm talking about zeal, I'm talking about something inside of you, okay? You can't buy it with money, but it's something inside you that goes with the package of God's salvation, okay? So it is a, it's an assertion. That is, it is a force. It's, a, it's something that shows. It's how Paul mentions working out what God has worked in, okay? So it's, a, it's an influence God gives you that the Holy Spirit is the means of, okay? That is, it's not man-made. It's not. And there's, there is a zeal that is, and we're going to talk about that. But I pray the Lord will bless us. And the text I want to use is from the Lord Jesus Christ uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 3 when he's searching the churches. It's amazing to me that he deals with zeal when he looks at his church. Okay? So would you please turn with me to Revelation chapter 3 where Jesus addresses the problems in the church at Laodicea. As you know, the book of Revelation begins with the revelation of Lord Jesus Christ. It also deals with the seven churches. And uh, he describes those churches as candlesticks, okay? But he is the Lord of the churches, so he has a right to search his church. I believe that the Lord looks at his church, maybe even today at the Statesboro Primitive Baptist Church, and he says, where is your zeal? Where is your fire for God? Okay. 
It's not about circumstances. No, 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 no. That's not what zeal is about. No, nor is it about age. You might say, well, I, I don't feel like it, brother. I don't have any zeal. My get up and go got up and went. Mine feels like that too. But I'm going to tell you what. Zeal is enter. It is prayer, okay? It is how deep you are with God. And you don't have to bench press 500 pounds to do that. You don't have to get out and go everywhere and do everything and go on a mission or whatever. All those things may be good enough, but they have little to do with the kind of zeal that God has given us. Well, let's look at these verses. Would you please stand for just a moment? I want to read these verses. After all, this is the Word of God. Revelation chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 15 through 19. The words of Jesus regarding the church at Laodicea. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Please be seated. Thank you so much. As we think about zeal and understanding this assertion of the spiritual influence in our life, the Holy Spirit, I know as I study this, my zeal is not what it ought to be. But, but I know where it comes from, okay? And I'm going to tell you about zeal as I understand, as I understand what God says about it. If it's a fruit of the Spirit, and it is... And it's that fire that burns within. You've got to feed that fire. That fire will go out if you don't feed it. And it matters on what kind of fuel you feed a fire with, okay? To really know the intensity of the heat and how long it'll burn. Now, when I grew up on the farm, we had a fireplace in the winter. And every now and then, I would get behind on my woodcut and I had to go out and cut china berry. China berry grew on the fence rows and it was easy to get to. But I'm going to tell you, it would not burn very long. Just pop, you know. It would be just like burning paper. But you go out and find an old, what we call a back log, an old uh, oak log somewhere that's been seasoned. You put that on a good hot fire and it'll burn for hours. It'll sing to you. You ever heard a fire sing in the wintertime? Just make a little whistling noise. I mean, that is because of the, what that tree's been through. I'm talking about that tree had zeal, okay? That, that was the coming out of that tree, of, 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 the, of what it was made of. And, and, and so in life, God allows us to go through life, and, and what, is, what is in you will come out. It, it will come out. I, I remember in the woods, I remember uh, uh, going through the forest in hardwood stands particularly trying to evaluate whether the trees were good for buying for the mill and, 
And the guy I worked for always required us to take a hammer with us, okay? I said, what in the world is that for? He says, because you don't know if that tree is hollow or not. You get up there beside a big uh, red oak or a, a yellow poplar down in the Congaree River swamp, and that thing's six or eight logs tall. I mean, you can't even reach around it. You might be able to say, that, that thing's worth a lot. But you start hitting it with that hammer, and it just makes a hollow sound. It's worth nothing. You can't go by what's on the outside. You can't go by that for a person, a church, or in your life. What you've got to deal with is the inside. And that's what zeal is about, okay? It's about that fire within you. And we've got to maintain it now. Hey, it is. We need to deal with that. What I want to try to say, here we see the warning of our Lord from his church. And we ought to be able to appreciate Jesus says, I don't like it if you're just lukewarm. But, but you know what? Most of us seem to think that's okay. Okay? I mean, we're so beat down by the world system and the world order, you know, and we're so sugary mouthed with everybody, you know, and we just... We just lukewarm. You know, we, we just kind of fritter a life away. I mean, we just kind of exist. Really, we can live like that if you want. But, but I want you to know with zeal, you know, it's not the length of your life. It's the life of your length. It's what you do every day because when you really get involved with God and you think about how real God is in your life and what he's done for you, there's no way any day can be boring. There's no problem you can face. Say, oh gosh, I think I'm going to just give up. I mean, why has this happened to me? We understand that God gives us problems and we have situations to deal with, but, but we have zeal. And Jesus says, I don't want you to be lukewarm. In fact, I don't like it. I'm going to just spew it out of my mouth. Now see, the church is God's, and that's what we need to go by. We don't need to be lukewarm people. We don't need, because we are, we're going to make a lukewarm church, okay? We don't, you know, I, I think about it in my life, you know. Uh, I'll come in sometime and Penny say, what have you been doing? I don't really know. And sometimes I say, well, I've just been piddling. You ever did any piddling? <laughs> I'm pretty good at piddling. I mean, just piddling around, doing nothing. I mean, I think I'm doing something. i got to be thinking I'm doing something. Well, I'm not sure that, that we're all pretty doggone good piddlers. But when we really think about what God has given us to do, and we think about Jesus Christ, you know, the first recorded words of Jesus says this. He says, I must be about my Father's business. Now, I would say he's zealous, wouldn't you? I would see Jesus as a work order, and he is really saying, I'm going to be about my Father. He knew all the time he was going to the cross. Okay? But he was, he, was, he was involved in life in that way. So I want to try to say three things about zeal. Please pray for me to do that. Because we see it from Jesus. It's warning. It's right here in God's book. And the first thing is you got to feel zeal. Feel zeal. I mean, zeal, you got to be able to grieve to feel zeal. You've got to be able to really be concerned about God's kingdom. You've got to be offended when the world offends Jesus Christ, okay? 
And we're living in that kind of world today, okay? It's the kind of zeal that Jesus had that he felt when he walked in and saw his church, the temple, being a place of market where they had it selling pigeons and doves and goats and sheep. He turned the tables over. Jesus had a holy zeal. He could feel the zeal. He was not complacent. And so we need to understand, oh God, help us feel your zeal. Now, in Psalms 119, there was a verse there I wanted to shoot out to you uh, that says that, and it has to do with God's word, and I'll say it right quick. You don't necessarily have to turn there. It's just short and sweet, and it says this in Psalms 119, verse 139, my zeal hath consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. You see what the psalmist is saying? Look, man, I feel this. Lord, people just don't even care about your word. They don't acknowledge your word. And you know, we're living in that world today, but does it bother us, you know? I mean, I wonder, I mean, sometimes I think we rather talk about somebody or rather complain about something than we would share the gospel. I mean, I mean, that's right, because, because what happens, we people become complacent. You know what? Because we don't have the zeal, that, that zeal has died down, and we need to ask God to rekindle our zeal. We ask for, for, for revival. We don't get revival until we get zeal, okay? So, so you got to feel zeal. And when you really think about what God has done for you and where you're going, I don't, I don't see how you cannot feel zeal. The reason that church, and you know we're living in a world today, Christianity is losing ground, okay? When you think about the population increases compared to the people going to church or so-called Christian today, there's a lot less proportion than they were, say, 10 years ago. They really are. And why is that? You know, the reason is people don't know God. Because if you know God, you're going to have zeal. Now, I hate to offend every one of you, but I'm going to tell you it can happen. And I'm talking to myself, too. Because if you know God, and I'm not talking about knowing about God, and you really feel that you being a sinner and what God has done for you, and you know God, then, then you're going to do some crazy things. You're going to have zeal. You're going to build an ark like Noah. You're going to go where God calls you to go, not knowing where you're going. You don't, you think about the book of Daniel, that book is filled with people that had the zeal of God. And that zeal carried them beyond the norms of this world. Daniel said, I'm not going to eat the king's meat. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going into the lion's den. I'm going to do this because he had a zeal. David looked at a giant almost 10 feet tall. And he said, is there not a cause? He had a zeal. And yet, we have got so acquainted with letting the government do everything for us, or the religions do everything for us, we don't have the burning desire to follow Jesus. And what I'm talking about is a personal thing here. It is an inter-life of God. Daniel eleven thirty two 32 says, they that know their God have great energy for God. 
Maybe, just maybe, if you don't have the zeal, maybe you don't know God. Ask God to reveal himself to you. That's the only way you get to know him. But feel zeal. God forbid we just be lukewarm and just go on and, and deal with this. You know, I remember in my secondary life or past life, whatever you call it, I, when I was timber forestry, I some guys working for me. I still remember a couple of guys. One uh, came to me, Shane Harrison. He was looking for a job. He just finished college. I really didn't have a need for him. I didn't have anything that much work. I still remember Shane. He kept calling me every few days. He said, Miss Rennie, you think you got anything coming up? You have anything I can do? I said, no, not right now. I mean, that guy goes on for three weeks like that. Finally, it came to my mind. I said, look, if that guy is so concerned and so really wants this, then I'm going to let him go with it. I mean, you see what I'm saying? He said, I want it. I had another guy who, who died down on 46 in a horrific traffic accident a while ago. A few years ago, I did his service. Hal Sharp, many of you knew Hal and his family. Al came to me out of the Marine Corps. He came to my office and Randy said, I want to work for forestry. I want to look at the trees. He says, I do not know anything about it. I haven't been to school for it. I haven't been trained for it. But Hal said, if you train me, I will make you a good man. I'll tell you what, I never regretted that hiring either. I never did. What I'm trying to show you is zeal makes a difference. Jennifer and Ken and their family went down to Florida the other day and she sent a video of a little sea turtle migrating back to the ocean. And I watched that, Jennifer, over and over. And that little turtle, man, this big around. How in the world is going to make it? I don't know, but that thing just went from, well, I don't know where it came from, but when she got it, it was heading to the ocean. And those waves, and the immense, it would not be detracted. Now, that turtle had zeal, okay? I have been, I have been, you've probably seen this too, in the woods not, not long the other day. I was driving along my pasture, and I saw a quail. And that quail was just acting crazy. I mean, that quail would get over there and it'd flop its wings and act like it was hurt, okay? i start going over that little quail and it'd move a little bit further. And it flapped the other wing, just act like it was going crazy. I didn't know what to do. I said, what's wrong with that bird? And you know what? Finally, I got over there and what's happened, that bird has little chicks, okay? And what that bird was doing was diverting me to preserve the safety of those little baby quail. Now, that's what God gave to nature. God gave nature zeal, okay? God gives his people zeal because Jesus says, you be zealous. And if Jesus says it, we ought to do it. And if you love Jesus, you'll do what he says. And so one of the things he says to do is be zealous. The question is, are we doing it? Do we want it? Is there a fire burning there? What have we been feeding our lives on? The garbage of this world, the, the, the feelings of the, of the world of my being offended. 
when we ought to be appraising God as he looks at us. So feel zeal. Secondly, I want you to know what real zeal is. Um, in Romans chapter 10, I want to show you the difference in right zeal and wrong zeal. You know, you can have zeal, listen to me now, and not be saved. You hear what I'm saying? You can have it. I mean, you can have zeal and not be saved. world's full of it. Uh, there's all kind of people all over the world lost as they can be that have a great zeal for God. The Hindus, the Muslims, uh, to name just a few. Oh, they've got a great zeal for God. But it's the wrong kind of zeal. The difference is, and this is what I want us to know, is that you can have the wrong zeal and be fools. Or you can have the right zeal and be crazy for God. It makes a difference. In Romans chapter 10, it makes it real clear. Look at verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. Isn't that something? They don't, they don't have the right kind of zeal. They got the wrong zeal. For they being ignorant, in verse 3, of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. So if we're going to have real zeal, we're going to have to believe in the righteousness of Christ, his imputed righteousness. The reason our zeal leaks out, and you hear people say, well, I'm just burnt out. A Christian, true Christian, does not ever, ever, ever get burnt out. What we get burnt out is, is feeding on our own selfish desires, and because we hadn't been kicked around and lifted up and praised like we think we ought to, we get discouraged and crawl under the house like a whipped dog. When we ought to be thanking God, feeding upon his glory and mercy, serving Christ. Jesus Christ did not get burnt out right up to the cross. He praised his Father, commending even his spirit into the Father's hands. You know, we ought to be so full of zeal. The reason we're not, sometimes we worry about people's things. The reason people don't go to church, they don't, have, they don't know God. You know God, you have zeal. Because God being real affords for zeal, okay? You can't separate those two. Hey, our God is a consuming fire. Now you might have your pity parties, but if that zeal is real, it'll come out. Hey, in the forestry again, I'm going back in two there today. Maybe that's what COVID does. I don't know. But uh, there's a term called an intermittent stream in the woods. You see them in lots of them in South Georgia. These intermittent streams are little streams that flow. And this time of the year, most of them are dried up. You can't even tell where they are. I mean, just an intermittent stream. I mean, when it rains hard, they'll start flowing. You can see where the channel is. I mean, they just ebb and flow. They just come and go. 
based on the circumstances. There's a lot of Christians like that, okay? Just intermittent streams. I mean, if things work out pretty good, man, I'm gonna shout the house down. I'm gonna fill the churches up. I'm gonna serve God. But you let God says, when God like God to tell Elijah, he said he drives the brook up. Then what are we gonna do? We need to understand that we are a perennial. <laughs> a perennial stream flows, and you have the river of God in your life. Okay? Do not pollute it with the world. You have a perennial life called Jesus, the life of God in your heart. You are not to be a perennial or an intermittent stream. So we have real zeal. You know, we think about situations. I was thinking of the Apostle Paul. You want to look at what zeal looks like? Look at the Apostle Paul, okay? You think that guy had everything pretty easy? Let me show you some things from God's Word. 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 11. Here's what he says. There's the Apostle Paul. I'll start at verse 24. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. I could go on. Yet the Apostle Paul, when God revealed to him who he was and what he had done for him, he says in Acts 9-6, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And Paul never got over what God had done to him. He, he rejoiced. He had, he had zeal, even dying in a, in a jail. He said, I have zeal. He says, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. I'm ready to depart. I mean, that's dying zeal. And so we see that that's what real zeal is. And, and false zeal is depending on our own righteousness of trying to make something up. And you know, we're living in a world of sensationalism. We're living in a world of drama. Just look at Facebook. Not that I do, just what I hear. I mean, everybody's going to put drama out there. Everybody wants to be clever, okay? But nobody has real zeal, real fervency of God and humility to serve him and bless him and trust him. And we want to impress people. And Jesus is looking at the church and he says, I'm going to tell you how to find this. You think you have need of nothing. And we do. Laodicea was a, a fluent city, prospered, educated. But they thought they didn't need God. And when we think we don't need God, we don't have zeal. And we will fall. And we will die. And we will not be able to bring about the fruits of his Holy Spirit. And God is not pleased. And he could take the candle out. He could. It's his church after all. All right. So he said, you got to feel zeal. It comes from God. 
We need to understand that there is a real zeal and there's a wrong zeal as well. And then thirdly and lastly, you know what? It's zeal that closes the deal. When you think about God, do you know God is a zealous God? Isaiah 59, verse 17, describes the Lord Jesus Christ as cloaked with a zeal. Plan of salvation. God saved you before this world ever began. Isn't that amazing? But God stuck to his plan. When you say somebody's got zeal, you say, well, that person is determined and they have stuck this out. They have a purpose in what they're doing. And that person is zealous. And that's what God is. He is a zealous God and he began and he started things and he brought salvation to be. And he says, all that cometh to me, that Christ gives to me or God, Father, my Father gives to me, him I will in no wise cast out. He says, he that begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Zeal closes the deal. So what we need to say, God, help, help me, give me zeal to face the situations that I might face in life. Then I would have the fervor. You know, Romans 12, 11 says, be fervent in spirit. You know what that word fervent means? Boiling. Not lukewarm, but boiling. I want to be hot after you, God. David says in Psalms 42, he says, as the heart, the little deer, H-A-R-T, pants after the water brook, so, God, do I pant after thee. Do you really want God? Or does it think, think you just, well, you know, I don't really need him. I never done really anything that bad. You know, if you feel like that, ask God to help you. You need his Holy Spirit. Because when God's zeal comes in your life by his spirit, and you see that spiritual influence on life, you will do what God has called you to do. If that means joining the church and being baptized again, God's not going to say, why did you do that? Okay? What we need to see is people rejoicing in God enough that it overrides everything about religion that we thought about. That's what Luther did in the Reformation. The righteousness of Christ justified freely by His grace, by faith, through Christ. It closes the deal. You know, uh, in 1 Samuel... And I'll close, but what happens when we trust in God's zeal that he's given us? It makes uncertainty certain. You hear what I said? I mean, it may, we won't live a certain life. And, but what zeal does, good zeal, based upon the righteousness of Christ, makes uncertainty certain. And uh, one of the great examples of that was by Jonathan in 1 Samuel chapter 14. And here's what happens. Jonathan was, you know, the Philistines were beating up on Israel and Saul was just kind of camped out, not doing much, his father. But Jonathan, because he had zeal, said, look here. It's time we did something. 
It's time that we stood up for somebody for right. Well, we don't need to just push, be, be, be pushed around. We need to understand that God is being offended in this world. Because what zeal will do, it will keep you pure. If you have a zeal for God, it'll keep you out of a lot of sins. I'll tell you one thing. You know the reason I'm still married to Penny DeLoach? Because of godly zeal, that's why. You know why I get up here every day and try to preach to people like you, God's people? Zeal. God's zeal, I trust. No, I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect in no way, but I'm going to tell you what I want to be. And the Apostle Paul that I just ran about that was beaten so many times and knocked down and, and uprupted and shipwrecked, he still had the mind and the heart. He says, I press toward the mark of the high calling of the Lord Jesus Christ. He did not consider what he had been called on before and persecuted the church. He believed that God had overridden that and that God had forgiven him and God had called him to not a lukewarm, spit out kind of ministry, but a hot gospel, the trust and truth of Jesus Christ. Anyway, Jonathan, I'm going to read these verses before we go. Here's what Jonathan said. I'll just read one. In verse 6, Jonathan gets off and he sees these Philistines up this mountain. And he said, look here. See, if you're going to have zeal, you've got to say you can do this. Okay? If you're going to have zeal, you've got to be a warrior, not a worrier. Okay? Now, I'm, I'm just telling what God says. If you're going to have zeal, now, if you're just going to get up and sit under the shade tree and, and just wonder and let somebody else do everything, that's another story. Here's what Jonathan said. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. He's talking about the Philistines. And listen to what he says. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to say by many or by few. You know what I believe? I believe in this affects my life. We don't do nothing or what we ought to because we're afraid that the Lord can't do it or won't do it. And so we're shy, okay? We don't, we're not going to get out in deep water. What Jonathan said, look here, let's go and do it. Because just maybe the Lord will help us. Because he said there's nothing that he can't do. Now that's what zeal would do. May the Lord bless us to be zealous. Jesus says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chase. Is he closing the deal with you? You ever been on the chasing hand of God? Thank you. Okay. As many as I love, I'll rebuke and chase. Be zealous, Jesus says, and repent. 
That means, Lord, I'm going to change everything I'm done doing. I'm going to come to you and call upon your zeal. Lord, give me prayer. Give me a spirit of prayer. That's where you get your zeal. Your interpersonal life with Jesus. That's where you put zeal in your marriage, in the church, in your personal life. It will make you crazy. But the wrong zeal will make you lazy. It really will. And we all have a tinge of that. And I pray that God would spur us and bless us to taste and see just how good God is. Would you bow with me? We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your righteous zeal. We pray, O oh Lord, that as your vessels of mercy, that we would be, Lord, able to respond with a zealous attitude, knowing, Lord, that true zeal moves more than your heart and moves more than your lips and feet. It moves your heart. And, Lord, we pray that our heart could be yours and only yours. Oh, Lord, bless us to be zealous. Bless us to repent, oh God, and come to you as our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for the zeal that you give us among your people. Help us to get around people that are zealous. Help us, oh Lord, to rejoice in your good works. Keep us from sin and keep us, Lord, from doubt and fears. Thank you, Lord, for this day and for your precious word and for your care of your church and of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.